Former Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinn is not a fan of his alma mater facing off against Tennessee State in 2023. I wonder how many of their fans feel the same way. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor encouraging current contributing current to me that's not a word, but it kind of flew the first time. Anyway, current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. We don't do skips or restarts today. We're going straight through on Locked on HBCU. So I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day and all of our imperfections. But just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives, where I also sometimes forget to proofread my tweets. So there you have it. Today's episode, we will start off with a conversation about maybe Tennessee State and Notre Dame being a matchup that's not really liked by the fighting Irish fan base. Or maybe it's just Brady Quinn. Who knows? After that, we'll discuss the real TSU, Texas Southern, and how their football team is extremely confident going into 2023. And then we'll wrap up the conversation with a little bit of professional football. And that's Titus Howard, who. He just signed a big-time contract, and he wants to be an inspiration. Let's, let's look at it if that's enough. But let's kick it off with the big-time question. Do Notre Dame fans like that the Fighting Irish are playing Tennessee State? I'm not quite sure. If you ask Brady Quinn, it's ridiculous, and he has a long quote. We're going to read all of the quote. We're going to react to it in parts because I think it'll be better that way. But we're going to look at it because it's all pretty important. This is locked on HBCU. And I looked at Tennessee State versus Notre Dame from a Tennessee State point of view because this is locked on HBCU. But there's two sides of that coin. There's a heads and there's a tails. Now, this is, without question, an historical matchup. It's the first time ever, not only that Notre Dame has faced an HBCU, but that Notre Dame has ever faced an FCS opponent. And that's actually the big part of this argument and the big part of the frustration. I don't know how much of it has to do with Tennessee State being an HBCU. I don't, but I do know that Tennessee State being an FCS school is the big problem here. So let's get into what Brady Quinn said because we're not going to wait around. We're going to get straight into it because, like I said, it was a lot to say. He said, and I quote, you can't schedule this and go, well, it's historic for this reason. I get all of that. I don't care about that. This isn't about equity and all that stuff and trying to say, hey, we're helping an HBCU school. It's not about that. It's about trying to win a national championship. I'll be first. I'll, I'll jump out here. I don't like the tone of this. Frankly, I don't like the tone. I don't like the language that is being used. FBS schools play FCS schools all the time. Is it looked at as an easy win? Is it looked at as a money game? Yes, but do not speak of it as if it's charity. 
That's where I have an issue. Hey, it's not about equity and all of this stuff. We're, we're helping out at HBCU. No. That sounds like charity talk. All right? And I most schools don't talk like that. You might look down at the competition and say it's an easy game, but don't talk down as if the institution is just below your institution. All right? So let's get that out the way first and foremost. I do wonder why Notre Dame chose to change their mind now. Why they chose after all of this time to break the cycle of never scheduling an FCS school. It is interesting because what he what he did say that was right is it's about trying to win a national championship. I just don't think that this is that detrimental to their national championship aspirations. I just don't. So let's get into, you know, I do believe that the history does should be valued, but if you don't, whatever, that's your prerogative. But it's not like this is going to make or break your national championship aspirations. I just do not agree with that. Then you get into the next quote, next part of the quote. This is a no-win scenario for Notre Dame. No matter what way you go about it, it does not help elevate your program. You're not winning a recruit. You're not winning in the eyes of the CFP uh, committee, the Associated Press, or whatever else you want to talk about recruiting. This isn't a – I don't know why it needs to be a win situation. Like, is every game that you schedule a by one in some aspect? No, it's not. And I think that Brady Quinn should know better than that. If I went through Notre Dame's whole whole schedule, I'm going to tell you that every single game either helps you get a recruit, helps you move forward in the college football playoffs. There's no games that are just a game. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. And if it is the case, let's just say it's the case, which I, I do not think it is. I don't think that I don't think that Wake Forest is a overly big game when it comes to that. Right. Does it rank higher than Tennessee State? Of course, that's a power five school. But I don't know if it's a game that's going to elevate you. I don't. But OK, let's go through it or let's not go through it, but let's just do that. If Tennessee State is the reason or excuse me, if Tennessee State, if you play Tennessee State and you don't make it to the playoffs, trust me, Tennessee State is not the reason. OK, the last part is it's just a dramatic departure from what it used to be. And it crushes me to see it. Notre Dame in this instance, when it always kind of been something of its own, is now really trying to almost blend in with everyone else. That hasn't been their MO. Boom. There's no argument there. If this is just a pride thing, that's perfectly fine. But now it's time for the mouth of the South to respond to the things that Brady Quinn, on, I'm not going to promote the show, but on the things that Brady Quinn said on a radio show. Okay? Everybody plays FCS opponents. Everybody. The only person to never do it now is USC. We can get the pride aspect out. If you just wanted to feel good about never doing that, I'm sorry. I really am. I understand it devastates you. It crushes you. But if we're talking about how it actually impacts the program in 2023, I do not believe that it's going to impact them that much. Do you know the reason that everybody else can play FCS opponents? Because they're in a conference. And though I do understand that Notre Dame is not in a conference, I'm not telling them to go get into a conference, but they can stack their, their, their schedule with quality opponents, which is what they did in 2023. When you're looking at them, you play, and these are preseason rankings, number two, Ohio State, number 14, Clemson. You play Pittsburgh, who isn't ranked but is in the ACC. You play number eight, USC. Those are, and Pitt was five and three last year within the conference. I believe they made a bowl game. Maybe they didn't. 
But either way, you're playing three top 15 preseason teams and you think that losing or excuse me, playing Tennessee State is going to harm you. How about you win those games? You could blow Tennessee State out by 50 points. And if you lose two of those three games, if you lose all three of those games, trust and believe, Mr. Quinn, that is not the reason that you didn't make the playoffs. It wasn't Tennessee State. It was the fact that you lost to Ohio State. It was the fact that you lost to Clemson. It was the fact that you lost to USC. Because if you knock out three of them, all three of them, and you beat Tennessee State, they're not going to keep you out. You knocked out Ohio State. You knocked out Clemson. You knocked out USC. Those are the things that matter to you. Continue to schedule a strong conference or strong, strong whatever you want to call it. You don't have a conference schedule. You're independent. But that's what I think. That's how I view it. And I'll tell you another reason this doesn't matter. Because in a couple of years, the playoffs is going to be so expanded that playing an FCS school is not going to be this thing. It's like, oh, well, we can't we can't put them in the top 12. We can't put them in top 16. Like, this is ridiculous. Everybody does it. And the reason they can do it is because they have quality opponents within their conference. You don't have a conference. Just schedule quality FBS opponents. If you don't want to do that, then yes, Tennessee State will hurt you. If you play nobodies and then you play an FCS opponent, that's going to hurt you. But if you have a strong, strong conference, I keep wanting to say conference because it's so normal. But if you have a strong schedule, period, and a part of your schedule just so happens to be Tennessee State, all right, you're going to make it as long as you handle business. So I'll say this to Brady Quinn straightforward. With all of the frustration, if you want to talk about the pride of never having done this, being someone who's unique, and maybe even having a bit of a superiority complex that, to me, it kind of sounds like you have when you're discussing Tennessee State and helping out an HBCU. For those who are on audio, I put up air quotes. Maybe you have that superiority complex and saying you've never done this made you feel good. Sorry you can't do that anymore. But I can guarantee you that in 2023, if you handle business, how you're supposed to handle business, Tennessee State will not be the reason that you don't get into the college football playoffs. Believe that. Now, moving forward, I'm tired of talking about Tennessee State. Let's talk about the real TSU, Texas Southern, because they have sure earned a whole lot of confidence in the way they move. It's just different. There's a different aura around the Tennessee, or excuse me, around the Texas Southern Tigers heading into 2023. And let's explore that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, if you're a business owner and you need some more employees, you need somebody who's going to be the right guy or gal for you. You need somebody who you know is properly qualified and perfectly fits within your, your system you're trying to build. LinkedIn is the place to go. They have over 800 million people who are on LinkedIn on a daily and a weekly basis. They have the person for you. I can guarantee you, if you go on LinkedIn and use the purple hashtag hiring frame, you will find somebody who fits your qualifications, who fits the personality, is that missing chess piece, that missing puzzle piece within, within your team. I can guarantee you that. All you have to do is go to LinkedIn.job, LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Use the purple hashtag hiring frame, and you will post your job for free. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege, and you can post your job for free. All you have to do is use the purple hashtag hiring frame.
As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And for my everydayers out there, on tomorrow's episode, we will be discussing Grambling University, Grambling State University, excuse me, and their basketball team taking a trip out to Puerto Rico for an exhibition game. So this is something that you're going to want to look at because I think this is a trend, but I'm giving away a little bit more than I want. Let's get to TSU, the real TSU, because they have a new aura about themselves. And I saw it at SWAC Media Day. Now, I'll be honest with you. I can't stand conference media days. I can't. If I was a fan, I'd never watch them. Point blank period. I would never watch these things because they're just full of coaches and players not answering or answering to not mess up. I don't like it. It's quite boring. It's quite mundane. Now, I'm sure if I was in person and I was able to talk to these guys personally, one-on-one, different stuff, I can ask less generic questions, you know, but it's just the same thing, wash and repeat. It's so wash and repeat that when something out of the norm happens, immediately my ears perk up. Me, I'm like, hmm, rewind. That wasn't the answer that every, every game matters the most. What game are you looking forward to? The first game, we take it game by game. Uh, what when Texas Southern came up there, things were different all the way from when Andrew Body said, How are you doing, Miss Green? I, I kid you not, I kid you not. I, I heard a certain level of confidence. Maybe that's just the way he speaks. I, I don't know the kid, right? I don't know him. I've seen a couple of interviews, I've talked to him uh, on the phone before, but I don't know him, know him. But just the way he said it was a it was different. It was different than everybody else, right? I'm not trying to be on this kid's jockey or anything. That's not the main point here. But I just want to hammer home how four words, five words could begin to make me say, all right, maybe I need to listen a little bit more, right? So then you go another step. And now Andrew Body's being questioned about being the second team all-swag quarterback. And he's not asked, how do you feel about being on the second team? He said, are you the best quarterback? That's what Miss Tiffany Green said to Andrew Body. Are you the best quarterback in this conference? He said, look, I can show you better than I can tell you. The swag says I'm second. I can show you better than I can tell you. That answer just, it wasn't political. Like, he didn't come out and say, man, look, I'm better than Musa. But he basically said I was better than Musa. He said I was the best quarterback in the swag by just not saying it. But he said everything else around it. He said everything else around it. Okay. Cool. That, I, I, all right, we're just going to keep that in the back pocket. Then you get to Jacob Williams. Now, Jacob Williams, they ask him a question like, hey, what was the turning point last year, the, the moment you remember for real from last season? He says, shutting out Southern. He said, I don't want to call them out, but shutting out Southern was a big confidence boost for us. That's a very real answer. There's, there's no reason that Southern should probably be upset about that. And how many times do you actually hear people call out another school? How, how often do you hear people say, unless that's actually the rival, like Southern might say something like, yeah, we're looking forward to the Bayou Classic. We're looking forward to every year, right? Fam, you might say, we're always looking forward to playing Bethune. Like, like those things happen. But this is Texas Southern versus Southern. Not the same as the Bayou Classic, right? Not the same at all. For him to say, we shut out Southern, and that was the game for me that showed everything of what we could be, that was different. For him to say that about the Southern matchup, I was like, okay, why are you why are you saying them specifically? That's interesting. That's that's also not something that I would expect. So let's keep it on Jacob Williams because he was the one who was really doing the big talking, right? Andrew Body had his own personal thing, and I I guess his demeanor showed a lot of confidence. 
But Jacob Williams was actually saying stuff. They said, hey, Tiffany Reese, hey, what message you want to give to Tiger Nation out there? We're going to be in Atlanta. I'll tell you what. Go to the TSU website, tsusports.com. Go to the football section. Go to the schedule. They don't play a game in Atlanta. It's not a single game that they're in Atlanta. The Labor Day Classic didn't all of a sudden go to Atlanta. And not saying that, right? Heck, the SWAC championship game isn't even in Atlanta. So when they say, and they're not part of the SWAC MEAC challenge, they ain't playing Morehouse. You feel me? You feel what I'm saying? All the, all the avenues that they could be guaranteed a game in Atlanta, it don't happen. It don't, they don't exist on that schedule. There's only one way that Texas Southern can be in Atlanta. That's the Celebration Bowl. But you know what? Maybe you didn't catch that. So Andrew Body then gives his answer of how or what his message should be. Hey, man, you want to stay the whole game. We're going to have entertaining games. Start to finish, you want to be there. Cool. That's good. Nothing really confident or, you know, just nothing really different about that. I could hear that from any team. But after Andrew Body spoke, mind you, Jacob Williams already gave his answer. He said, I can guarantee you we're bringing home some hardware. What hardware are we talking about? There's only two hardwares. Swag Championship, Celebration Bowl. And this was different. The aura was different. And you know what? These comments align with what I think people kind of feel about the team, but not all the way, right? We're not talking about Swag Championship. They're not looked at as a premier team in the Swag West. But they are looked at as a contender. Got one first place vote. So they're still kind of on the fin- on the fence. Last year was We Like Andrew Body. We'll see what you can be. This year it's, okay, well, y'all are one game away. Like, legitimately, there were a couple of minutes in that Alabama A&M game away from being in the SWAC championship game. I can't. Since 2014, really before that, like, like this, this is a team that's been struggling for real. They picked it up. That confidence level, that being able to put together a solid season and not have a losing conference record for the first time in how long? That type of confidence has went into the voters, has went into the locker room. It's not on the same degree, but they have both went up together. So this is this is a situation where I watched them on the SWAC championship, or excuse me, the SWAC media day stage. And I said, there's something different about them. I'm going to have to ask my people who were there. But there was something uniquely different about Texas Southern, and it feels different going into this year. And I think that they've earned it. It's just about actually proving that they can back up the talk. Swag championship guaranteed. Hardware guaranteed. I would love to see you in Atlanta. I'll be there. I might not even try to get a media pass. I might just go straight be in the crowd if I see that Texas Southern is going to be in a celebration bowl. But as we move forward... Let's look at some more HBCU players who have elevated to the professional status. It's a message toward not just high school players in my mind, but mostly towards players who are already in college. But I'm going to combine the two as we continue with Locked On HBCU. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three, and I thank you two times for that. I'll give a shout-out again tomorrow. I'm going to try to do it at the beginning of the episode or at the beginning of the second segment, but I want to give a really special shout-out to Coach G. We had him on Feature Friday this past week. My man's man, he just got a job with Lincoln, the coaching staff, Lincoln, Pennsylvania, in the CIAA. 
I'm extremely proud and extremely happy for my guy. So I want to make sure that I give him another shout out at the beginning. Hopefully I'll remember to do it at the beginning of tomorrow's episode because he deserves it. And that's a great friend of the show. Y'all know I, I got a lot of respect and admiration for him. So I want to make sure that we give a shout out to his accomplishments. Now, that being said, Titus Howard just got a really good contract from the, the Houston Texans. And he hopes that it's an inspiration. But it's the question of, is it going to be enough? What needs to happen to have an inspiration for HBCU athletes? Now, you have the transfer portal. And there's a lot of reason that kids are leaving in the transfer portal. But I do know, I do know that some are leaving. No, for a fact, that some are leaving. Because they feel like they just don't have a good chance of getting drafted. So my question is, what needs to happen towards people start coming to HBCUs and feeling like they can make it? Because I'll be honest with you. I still don't believe that you can make it from an HBCU. It's the overwhelming belief. I don't. I, 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 I feel like people say it, and there's some people on every single team who feel that way, but I don't, I don't feel like it's the overwhelming belief. I think that most people who are proven enough, accomplished enough, who can leave, entertain the idea of leaving. They try to go. I don't blame them. Isaiah Land not getting drafted. Marquise Bell not getting drafted. These are decorated players. You know, sometimes it can feel daunting. Sometimes it's like, man, they just don't, they don't vibe with us. But when you have guys like Titus Howard who have three years, $56 million, that's a good contract, ain't it? He came from Alabama State. First round pick. If there's one thing that the, the top guys in the in the NFL league and the NFL can tell you from the HBCU landscape is if you want to play, excuse me, if you want to play offensive line, go to the SWAC. If you want to play defense, go to South Carolina State. Because <laughs> you have Shaq Leonard, South Carolina State. Javon Hargrave, South Carolina State. Teron Armstead, UAPB, right? And you're looking at um, um Howard, he went to Alabama State. A little bit of a trend, but this is what his quote was. For me to be able to go out and take advantage of it, it's an inspiration to all of the younger guys coming behind me at HBCUs to achieve what they need to do. They just have to put their heads down and go to work. In other words, stop transferring. That's what he's saying, stop transferring. But I don't know if these contracts, because guess what? All four of the men I've named have gotten paid. Armstead got paid. Shaq Leonard got paid. Javon Hargrave got paid. We're currently discussing Titus Howard getting paid. This is the question just to anybody out there listening. What needs to happen before we start flocking the HBCUs, the talent? And then when we get there and we show ourselves, we don't leave. Because to me, you have to, it's not just going to shoot up. You're not all of a sudden going to have 10 first rounders from HBCUs. It's not going to happen. But it can start going from one. Now you get a couple and they third rounders, you know. Now you get a couple second rounders. And just move up. I think consistent progress is required. But it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. If you don't have more people coming in, you can't have consistent progress. If you don't have consistent progress, more people aren't coming in. Are these contracts enough? If you only have one HBCU player picked and he's in the seventh round, is it enough? I don't know. I don't have the question. I don't have the answers to this, but I wanted to pose this to you. I wanted to pose this to you. And I'm sorry. This kind of ended extremely somber. I can feel my energy zapping as we discuss this, but it's not happy. It's not a happy topic. 
So the question will always be, what is needed to increase HBCU players coming players coming to HBCUs? And then when you actually succeed at said HBCU, you're not leaving because we've seen a lot of that recently. Seen a lot of that recently with the transfer portal and everything in between. So I can feel it in my tone. It's time to end. It's time to end this show. But I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. On tomorrow's episode, we'll be discussing the exhibition game that Grambling State University's basketball team, men's basketball team, will be playing in Puerto Rico. But in the meantime, in between time, get your spirits up. <laughs> but in the meantime, in between time, until the next time we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.